Welcome to the NatchCast, where we have something to drink and something to talk about. This week on the NatchCast, can you grow without losing your soul? And why are these karate gym shorts so wet? This is our demo episode, episode 000. Begin. Eyeballing this. What are you putting in there, Josh? Oh, well, this is organic, unsweetened coconut milk. Uh, so delicious. We got some of that. And then this. Wait a minute. Uh... No, this isn't kombucha. Oh. It's just in a kombucha. This is a simple syrup that I made that has a coriander and chili flakes. I haven't actually tried You're it. You're making a mixed drink out of this? I'm making a gooey blender drink. This is absolute mandarin. <laughs> All right, look at this pickled ginger. Why not? Whoa. Just a little. Have you done this before? Nope. Oh boy. Could be disgusting. <laughs> yeah. The true audio of the light here. Ooh. That's not too bad. Chili flakes. You can Just taste a chili. hint. Just a hint. It's, that might be the ginger too though. Tropical though. It is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Talk about let's talk about the stories of the week. Ooh, stories of the week! Big stories. <clears throat> You're a John Boricker? I'm, I'm right? not entirely sure how you say his name. Okay. I ask a lot of people this question and they all give me the same response. They all get like a little nervous before they're like John Four Acre? Four Acre. Four acres. Isn't that uh, reparations? No, that's different. That's not good. I'm gonna go with four acre, but I think it might actually be four acre. Okay, four acre. Say something insightful. Shouldn't be a problem. What do you think? When somebody like General Mills buys Annie's, do you keep buying the product? Um, do probably. Do you care? I care to a degree, but I probably do. Um, I guess what I find depressing is that I don't understand this like obsession with growth and getting huge, which you touch on in the article, but like I don't, I don't know why. But I don't. Partially my problem, too. I'm not, like, I don't always have that five-year plan where I'm like, how am I going to double my income, or how am I going to get bigger and better? I think it's called ambition. No, I have have a little bit of that. (laughs) But it's... it's, Different style, right. Well, my ambition, I think, is tamped down by Mm -hmm. just the extraordinary levels of comfort in which I live. I wouldn't call them extraordinary. I would. Well... I feel like I live in luxury. You're not the CEO of General Mills. That sounds like it would be awful to me. I don't see how that's a happy life. I don't know. But the, the, again, you touch on that. Like, why? What's wrong with is, like slow growth? I think that's the real. That's the real story. Yeah. Will all that come to play? Will, will we see that happen in big business? Because it's when you get to these companies that we're talking about. If they're doing good for the world. It's a real easy switch. You know, let's do more of it. Let's go faster. Let's get the mission out there big. Well, I think it's in Fast Food Nation that is it Eric Schlosser. He makes that point that, like, if McDonald's uh, was convinced to change some of their practices, the, the shockwaves would be enormous. It happens so all the time. With these big companies, which, and I still understand, like, why McDonald's wouldn't just, like, it's, wouldn't it be cheaper to make kind of like some sort of meatless patty and use all those wonderful chemicals of theirs to make it taste and 
You don't even need feel chemicals. Like meat. Yeah, they seem to like chemicals, but I mean, like, I think a, a chemical veggie burger is probably still better for people and most definitely better for the environment. I think they're doing a dance, right? They're trying to give people what they want. And then when there's a very vocal minority of people who go, tisk tisk, you're killing us, the rest of the world is too stupid to know what they want, what do you do, right? Like, well, your sales go off a cliff when this whole natural movement takes over, which is what's happening right now. I'm not here, there's a lot of, it's, I think these brands in, in natural, they want the allure of being small, because that makes you feel authentic. And that the founder's story is still real close to the surface, like oh, it's uh, it's the Starbucks guy too. What's his name? Howard Schultz. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Sure, Charles Schultz. <laughs> I don't think it's Charles. Good grief, right? <laughs> right. So if that founder's still involved, and it was their sort of passion and mission to 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 bring this thing to life, and they're still there doing it, they must love doing it. And that sort of rubs off on the products and what you think about it. Like, oh, yeah, they're into it. It's not the 15th CEO of a brand that used to be something else. Well, I really like what you said there about rubbing off. <laughs> no, but Starbucks, I mean, I don't know. There's worse companies, right? Like uh, They're going to solve and, racism in this country. Well, I don't know about that, but like poor, there's like you hundreds know. of people with master's degrees who are like resigned to working there, but at least they're getting You don't know benefits. what I'm talking about. Wait, what did you say? That you, you, you're oblivious to the whole race together campaign at Starbucks? That sounds vaguely familiar. Big deal this week. Oh, this Topical. week. Topical! They want to address the racial tension in this country by encouraging baristas to write something on the cup, like race together, and start a conversation with people buying coffee. But what? You're, you're only supposed to do it if it's like someone of a different race? Open dialogue about racial... Why? I don't understand that. It's not going well for them. Well, yeah, that seems like... Why would you, like, encourage your baristas to, hey, risk putting your foot in your mouth? Well, it's like a a barista who may or may not be, like, fully on board with the Starbucks mission, right? It could just be a job. You're asking a lot of them. They're already pretty fucking busy. Oh, I can say fuck. They're pretty fucking busy. When I'm in there, I'm always amazed at how much work they have to do. What are you doing in there? I go there. I don't... I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of that fact, really. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they do some terrible things, but they, they treat their employees better than a lot of companies. <laughs> and i got to say, when you're on a road trip, it's nice to know that even if you're in the middle of Idaho, you can go somewhere and like get like a, a decent snack, a decent drink. This is why McDonald's was such a success for so long. Same burger everywhere. Yeah, but the problem, if you, if you stop and get at McDonald's, then you have to stop again 10 miles later and shit. Right? I don't know. Well, I do. <laughs> Mr. Robert Craven jumped on our comment boards. And uh, he's, he's yeah, CEO of... Um, I don't know if he's a CEO anymore. Maybe he's the president of a division because they got bought by... It's, it's pertinent to him. A company called Mega Food. It has... Um, excuse me. A company called Food State has brands in the supplement world um, that are well-loved and like really authentic. And so when you make a move like this, same thing as Annie's going to General Mills, you make that move, really smart CEOs are all over. Like, we're not going to change. We're going to stick with what we do. We know why we're doing what we're doing. They believe in us. They believe in us. It's not going to impact everything you love about our brand. But really really few success stories. Well, I mean, I I think the thing Starbucks does as a brand that's pretty successful, too, is they, they really created an experience that 
people are a part of. People go in there and they have their own like special drink. Like every time I, because well, my, my wife Nicole, she works at a salon that's right next to a Starbucks. So if I go visit her, a lot of times she'll ask if I can go get her something, and she likes a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. And it changes from time to time, but she'll like like a I want a tall ice green tea, no water, no sweetener. Mm. You know, light ice. Oh yes, yeah, sweet. But everyone like has their drink, and they like to go in and like order their drink. And some people, not me, like to use like the lingo and get cutesy with that. But but Starbucks is like giving people like a consistent experience, which is what McDonald's does, right? Like that's their big thing. Is like a Big Mac anywhere tastes the same, but they're giving you a consistent experience, experience that you customize, that's and good. you make it your own. And they and they also create like an ambiance. It's very comfortable. It's an easy place to sit and work for a long time. Yeah, yeah. They do many things right as a brand. I'm sure they do terrible things too. I don't. I think it's mostly perspective. That's whenever I because when you talk about like slow growth, there are people that are into that. I mean, there there are people up in Boulder trying to create a whole financing movement called slow money, which essentially is like a loan, right? It's not it's not like you're going to double your investment in x number of years, but it's all about this perspective. Perspective, and so I don't. It's hard to connect with people when they're not on the same playing field about... Like, I'm talking about a generation, right? I'm not talking about two years, five years, ten years. Over a generation, if you didn't have to, like, appease investors and you didn't have to raise a lot of capital for certain growth initiatives and all this stuff, you get to do things like the Bronners, you know? You get to, like, throw money at GMO labeling and have crazy phone parties and get high all the time because you're having fun, yeah, I mean, more businesses should but you, be in Colorado. You can just get high all the time. You just you own, but you own it. It's your thing, and you're like, ah, oh, this is the, mo- the most important thing to me is that I don't have to answer to anybody else. Somebody mm-hmm. keep it. Now, they've been around forever, right? But they're doing pretty well these days. Yeah. But it's more just that what that means, right? And like, right. it's authentic to that product and to who they are, and they haven't sold out, quote unquote. And so all these brands that sort of do sell for a reason, one reason or another, I mean, you hold them against that standard, or like Nature's Path. You buy Nature's Path? Have you ever bought that? At like, they're big. They're in Costco. Yeah, I bought them, aren't they? Family owned? I saw them. I think they, I saw them on Food Babe's like, Natural Foods with GMOs list, which I'm sure was exhaustively researched. Oh, that they had not. They do not. They, I'd be shocked. I, well, I he, like, he like bleeds this. Uh, oh, this, this maybe world. I'm thinking of Nature's Sidewalk. Also, it could Nature's <laughs> Alley. That's what it was. Also, it's Nature's lurking, Alley. Lurking with nature. Apologies to Food Babe. Nature's Alley. Food Babe. Apologies to Nature's Path. Well, apologies to them, too. You, I'm sure you bought their, like, cereal or something like that. Before I left my last job, I was writing... I was starting to talk about... Um, we wrote things like, why exit? So in the financing world, exiting is your... You gotta... What you're, you're launching a business. You're launching Natch. Oh. Natch, what's Relaxing that? Natch, what's it going to be? How's it going to grow? How many people are going to read it? How are you going to monetize it? What advertising are you going to do? Are you going to get sponsorships? Are you going to do events? What are you going to blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff is like what an investor would want to see so that they would put money in and then they're in and they got to get it out at some point. So you have to have an exit strategy, which for most food companies is we're not going to be profitable until we're, we get sold to a strategic. And a strategic is just a big, is General Mills. It's a big food company in their space that might acquire them. Um, and are these deals, are they different in nature? Are some of them pretty hands-off? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been kind of waves of it where... Who gets the Louis C.K. deal? <laughs> in food. The people now. Yeah. It's very frothy now, yeah. Um, 
I think like the first wave, they kind of bought them and they tried to integrate them and strip away the brands and like Coke would buy something and tank it. And then like that didn't work because they didn't understand, I think, that people who were buying into that brand wanted the mission and wanted it to stay small and wanted it to mean something other than efficiency and cheap. So from the small brand's perspective, you're, you're looking for, you know, you get assets and you get uh, access to a wider audience. And from the big That's, brand, you get like, what, so think about our, with a niche audience? I think, I think I mentioned this in that story. Seth Goldman at Honest Tea, which you probably, like, uh, so if you look, well, if you look at his juice pouches that he sells for kids, like on the, right along the top, it says no high fructose corn syrup. Right? They just had those pouches? They used to. I think it still does. I mean, he talks about. So he was one of the one of the earlier brands in this later latest wave to sort of sell the Coke, but he did it in this a couple steps. Like, well, you have a little piece, a little piece of it. I'm not selling my whole company yet. We're doing fine. So you a little piece. We'll see how it goes. And then it went well. They didn't piss him off. He kept growing. Then they ended up selling the whole thing. And then they came at him and said, "Take no high fructose corn syrup off your label." Right, because the rest of everything we do is about. So he fought that and won. Um, but I think somebody like him looks at it and goes, "If I can get my products in the Coke distribution network, which can get in anywhere, like I've just, yeah, I'm selling a lot more tea, but I'm selling better products. The products that are better for you than soda. I'm kicking soda out off the shelf and putting my thing there." And I can like do it like that overnight compared to toiling away store by store. It's hard work, right? Well, I don't know. But it depends on what your perspective is, right? If you wanted to do honest tea for 180 years, maybe you wouldn't care about getting instant distribution overnight. But I, don't, but, I mean, who wants to do that? A crazy guy named Bronner wanted to do that. Yeah, and like what's... I don't know. Maybe... I guess that... At an initial level, it can depend on what one person wants out of a company, but changes, when, it, right? when it becomes big and you have a huge workforce looking to you for work. Mm-hmm. That's, cra- that's, well, that's Craven's point on um, when he started commenting on this, this post we wrote, um, that a brand is nothing but the people, right? It's the people, and if they're good people, and if they're motivated, and if they're on task, and they're heading toward the right thing, then that's going to come through in everything that the brand does. But I mean, like, what if the people move on? That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it could be Robert Craven. Well, it's, it's like, the it's people, too. It's like the people working there, and then it's the, the people who are devotees to the product, too, right? Who evangelize on the behalf consumers of the product. Of it? And, yeah. But you always risk alienating that's... a loyal user base if you do something that some might find dubious or well, that, off-putting. Yeah. And that happens. When Annie's sold to General Mills, and then, you know, social media lights up and goes, yeah. I'll never buy them again. Screw them. They're the devil now. Yeah, they're in bed with Monsanto. Yeah. <laughs> all that. Yeah, all that. All that. But what happens if... But what if you look at the other way? What if, what if uh, Annie's influence at General Mills... Uh, I don't know. Somehow sways Monsanto to like. That's that's to like maybe we don't need a GMO, but well, that's why it's such an interesting story because that's exactly what I think. Um, Four acre, Four acre mm-hmm. thinks he can do. Like 
the subtext of all of his communication about it is like, what? Okay, you know, I respect your skepticism. Watch what we do. Listen to what we say, but then really watch what we do. And if you read what he's talking about, he thinks the influence of him and Andy's inside the big machine of General Mills will be much greater than anyone realizes. Mm. And that they can change sort of how they think about sustainability and how they think about GMOs, all this sort of stuff. Well, you have to think, too, like these if corporations are people, even if they're sociopaths, you'd have to think that maybe they uh, would like for the world to be around so they could still keep selling stuff to people. That, yeah. And I, and I think that concern will, it seems like it's growing more immediate. I mean, shit's lighting up. Why do you want to go there? I don't know. The world's all fucked up and sad. <laughs> I watched a documentary the other night on PBS while I was folding laundry. It was, I think it was, I believe it was about Ecuador. Or no, El Salvador. I'm sorry, it was about El Salvador. And it was talking about how uh, the residuals of 80s communism have kind of become socialism now. And that they have programs in place so that, I mean, I, the, this documentary seemed like it was a little bit, uh, had, had, a, had a mild agenda, but, but they were talking about how now all these, they're training all these people as farmers and the government is providing them with seeds and fertilizer. And then we wonder, like, well, I mean, is it, what kind of fertilizer are we talking here? And if it, if it turns out that it is, like, gross Monsanto poison fertilizer, like, what's worse what's worse like a bunch of people eating like kind of tainted food that may or may not fuck them up or people having nothing to eat and people not having jobs to do and people turning to crime sorry those are my workout shorts they're super wet on my back oh you're gonna love this I I went and worked out at the dojo today they had a it was pretty amazing. It was a workout class using like a kind of a Pilates ball and doing all these different movements on it. Where's the dojo? Uh, uh, this is Enshin Karate. I'm going to plug it because it's an amazing place. It's on uh, Dahlia and Colfax in Denver. Dojo. Dude, it's wonderful. And Mike, one of the instructors there, uh, he taught this great class and we were using these Pilates balls. And so I was wearing those and then I came home and took a shower and I just rinsed them and washed them in the shower. So. Ugh. You were just leaning against Loosely rinsed groin sweat. And they are inside out. And <laughs> I think that's the cod piece there that you were leaning against. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, that's when you sit on the couch in my office. You know, you gotta look before you lean back, I guess, sometimes. Oh, yeah, but what's worse, right? Like, farmers getting chemical fertilizer and growing food and having something to do, and young people having, like, things to do or like people being hungry and turning to drug crime like and you know there's an answer right can you please give it to me <laughs> one is there an answer nah. two do do we really think we can do anything about it it's kind of like I think maybe we have to find the dramas in our lives and the causes to get behind in order to feel like we have some control over it when I maybe we got this much. Oh, we have a little, little, little bit, a little bit of tiny little thing there, little tiny thing. We have no control. We have no control. I mean, very little. Yeah. We're stardust, baby. So why don't we just have fun? That's what I'm doing. Most, I mean, most of the time, working hard, but you know. Playing hard. No, like not getting caught up in too much bullshit. Stress. Yeah, like leaning back. Into your cot piece, your sweaty dojo cot piece. Oh, those are those are great pants, by the way. Lululemon, I'm sure they're made from 
Thanks for listening. Natchcast, episode zero. Music provided by New Age Dad. Check us out at natch.is. Sign up for our newsletter. Read every single article on the site. Yeah.